as far as I thought that I knew myself, apparently I don't know myself enough. And the first session that my therapist said, like, why do you want to talk to me? And I said, like, I want to know myself. The world around us is changing faster than ever. We hear people say, everything's a blur. And when we're living in our little self, a self in survival mode, a self that's living out what others believe we should do or who we should be, we compromise our joy. We put limits on ourselves and how we show up day in and day out. We believe we all have a big self and pursuing it is holy work. We also believe Most of us let fear persuade us not to pay attention to it. So we stay in this vicious cycle between fear and entrapment that keeps us playing small. But when we combine an insatiable curiosity to know our true self with the courage to share our innate gifts with the world, we get closer and closer to our big self. For this episode, we bring you a relationship coach who's been in our Big Self community, Sajad Fahidi. He's got an interesting background coming from Iran, went got a PhD in economics, but then dis- discovered his passion for psychology and also went through his own personal transformation. And now he uses the schema therapy, which is an approach that he takes to help his own clients experience personal transformations, break out of habits and looping behaviors that are impacting especially their relationships. Sajan Vahidi, welcome to The Big Self Show. Thank you. Thank you, Chad, for having me. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm happy to be here. Well, I am delighted to, excited for our conversation. And, you know, Let's just start with the very first question that we like to ask all of our guests is what does living in your big self mean to you? And by contrast, what does living in your little self mean to you? I always had this image of me carving out myself in building the person that I want to be. Mostly that was in a way, of course, it was. Uh, learning from other people's wisdom, from old wisdom. It was more of like ego-driven thing. So it was me deciding what I want to be, then I was trying to do that. And then uh, five, six years ago, I went through this personal transformation of reconnecting to myself, reconnecting to my emotions, and more than my logical part in a way. Because up to that point, I was a very analytical person, very logical person. And uh, that was my uh, the first thing that I would do for, with anything. And then when I started to reconnect into my emotions, I had a different... It took me a while, of course. It wasn't like kind of right away that came to my, uh, my mind. was, But rather, it took me a while to understand. Up to that point, I was trying to... I decided what I want to be, and I was trying to be that person. And later on, to me, was discovering myself, who I truly am. Like, what do I feel? What do I want? What do I desire? And who am I in a way? Like, if I 
naturally let myself to be who truly I am, then what would it be? What that version of myself would that be? And since then, I'm more emphasized, like kind of focused on that side. I'm trying to discover myself instead of forcing myself to be a, a specific person. And I believe the more I move in that direction, in a way referring to that big self or authentic self or genuine uh, self, is that the idea is that I believe is that discover who you are and be who you are. And of course, you may not like part of yourself, or you may think that you want to be a better version of that. Uh, then you can work toward that. And it should be in the, in a way, other way around, like not just you deciding who you want to be and then being that version. Rather, first you dis, you understand who you are and then work on it, be aligned with that. And then after that, you can work on improving and changing in a way, whatever your way that you want. I gotcha. So you're kind of saying, hey, this is not a topside down thing where you get to overlay it like so much of Western culture has us believing, right? That it's uh, that we're we are dictating the terms, whereas it's ourself. It sounds like you're saying. But I guess one question is then part of your sharing already part of your personal story and experience how, how, I guess part of it is like, how, what conflicts arose? What, what obstacles did you face that ran you into this confrontation with yourself where you were realizing that, yeah, I, it's, I can't self-improve myself in my head only. I have to integrate other parts of myself. What, how did you, what, what happened? And, uh, and then what were the lessons that you learned out of that? I was, I just graduated uh, from, uh, from school. I got my PhD in economics and then I started my job and I uh, built the life in a way that I wanted uh, financially, like work. Uh, and also I, I moved from Iran. I, I, I'm originally from Iran and okay. I moved to US, to Arizona. I went to ASU to get my PhD and um and it was it wasn't easy for me to do all of that. Uh, my like my family background, uh, my family were not that educated. We didn't mm-hmm. have much uh, financial support. It was in a way tough to get there. So mm. I was in a way that proud of my achievements. And I, uh, when I was looking back at my life, it was saying that okay, these are the things that I achieved. It wasn't easy, but I did it. I accomplished. Now I have comfortable life. I can, in a way, help my family or community if I want to. And I had a very clear sense of self that what I want, who am I, what's my religion uh, uh, beliefs are, and what, what my values are that comes from within. It wasn't, I wasn't borrowing from anyone. Okay. So I had a very clear, clear in a way, explanation of why do I believe what I believe and the way that I live. And, and then what happened was I was in a relationship and I knew that after a while, it was a very loving relationship, but after a while, for some reason, I knew that I, this is not the right relationship for me. This is not something that I want to be. 
and I, I, I see me myself as marrying this person and living the uh, rest of my life with her. But deep down, emotionally, I wasn't able to reconcile with it. I wasn't able to understand, to reconcile my emotion with my, with my thoughts, with my uh, logic. Mm-hmm. And whoever I was talking to, counseling to friends or families, anything that they would tell me, I was already, I have already thought through all those details and I had the answer. Mm. And so in a way that nobody was, they were trying to help, that they were not tr- able to solve my problem, the questions that I had. Yes. And, and then I talked, started talking to psychologists, like uh, my, one of my friends referred. And the reason that I did that was that, okay, so far, any problems I had in my life, I was able to think through and solve it and move on with it. But this time, it looks like I'm not able to do it. I'm having a hard time to reconciling it. It looks like, as far as I thought that I knew myself, apparently I don't know myself enough to mm-hmm. be able to resolve that. And the first session that my therapist said, like, why do you want to talk to me? And I said, like, I want to know myself. And that was just the beginning of it. And then after that, I had no control on where that journey went. And if I want to summarize what happened in the end of that journey, it's still going on. I'm still learning, discovering myself. Was ra- rather, it was that I discovered myself in a way. Discovering myself was that the emotional part of me that wasn't the strongest part of me since up, up, up until that point, I reconnected to that. And to me... Uh, of course, the logic is important. You have to use it. You have to use it to make more mature and logical decisions. But the what you use as an input for that is your emotions, your your feelings. That is something that comes from within. And if without that, you're just making decision based on shoulds and must and must not in a way. Mm-hmm. And but if you use your emotion, you connect to it. And then you take it to your logic. You're in a way that you're adult part of yourself. And it's okay. What do we do with this emotion? Then I would say that 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 way is more mature and more authentic way. So a relationship (laughs) broke through (laughs) and you are a relationship coach now. So perhaps there was a connection there. You use the schema integrative model and uh, and it sounds like some cognitive behavior therapy, which I usually associate with being more in in the mind. So, would you, could you describe how how what schema therapy is, and how is it an integrative approach? The schema therapy is more of a modified and more comprehensive version of the CBT. Okay. which adds more uh, experiential and also emotional sides to it and focuses on that. And actually, basically consists of multiple stages. The first one is that you cognitively and analytically, you understand your problem. What are the patterns that you're having in your life? Are you always having, let's say, abusive partners? Or are you always, do you always have high standards for yourself and so on and so forth? The second part is that you have to emotionally understand that. Emotionally means that where this is coming from, what are the emotions involved when I'm, for example, I'm uh, being hard on myself, that I have to do everything perfect. What are the emotions beneath that? 
And without that emotional experience and understanding of the roots of it, the healing doesn't happen. And that's why usually, for example, if you, you can listen, you can read all the books in the world, you can listen to all the podcasts, you can learn all the techniques, but you may not be able to solve the problem. And the reason is that you haven't healed emotionally. So the healing part in schema therapy happens uh, in, in the emotional part. That when, you, when I work with clients, they understand emotionally, understanding part of it is that they experience it. For example, let's say that your parents, your father was so critical person, so like very harsh on you. And anything that you did, it wasn't good enough. This is, you would understand, okay, that's why maybe I'm hard on myself right now. And I'm like 40 years old, 50 years old. That is cognitive understanding. Right. But then later on, you have to see, you have to understand, you experience it again, the emotions, what went through your body, through your like bodily sensation and also emotionally. How did you feel when your your father like was screaming at you, was like harsh on you? What did you feel? And people usually have hard time to going through that path, experiencing because it was painful. But once you feel it, once you experience it, then you heal. You can let go of it, and you can fix the problem. It it can happen like both ways. Some people are mm. very their emotional side is very strong, mm. and they they're in a lot of pains. Mm-hmm. They are feeling the pain, but they don't know where it's coming from. And maybe their analytical part is not their strongest uh, part of them to themselves. And so for them, I have to help them in a way in the cognitive parts. So they have to analytically understand, think through the problems. But there are some other people that are very, very analytical that I, I used to be. And for them, they can understand it. They can think through problems very clearly, but they have a hard time and usually resistance to feel. And for them, I need to focus more on their emotions. So depending on the sub, which part of their person is strong and which part is not developed as much. So I have to focus more on that. So you're a relationship coach. Does that mean that you just work with couples or do you work with do you work with them individually or just people who are having relationship issues? How, how does that work? So I mostly, I, I work with, with uh, uh, individuals, not, not couples. Okay. I work with individuals and the focus is on the person and I help them in a way. Okay. Let me step back. So the schema therapy, one of the reasons that the schema therapy was developed was to some of the, like the, uh, is developed by Jeffrey Young, who is a okay. psychologist. And he saw that using CBT or other methods didn't help some of the patients that they were having very, in a way, their problem was very stubborn. They were not able to break out of the cycle. They would keep going back. They were going back to the same problem over and over again. In a way, they were trapped in that problem. Or some uh, borderline, like the patient that they had the borderline uh, disorders. And so the idea is that the focus is that if someone has been repeating dysfunctional patterns, as I said, you always end up with a cold partner, let's say. You yeah. always end up with abusive partner. Or Definitely. you are yourself in a way like an abusive partner or cold partner. You want to be emotional. You want to be loving, but you're having a hard time to do it. And you repeat that in all your relationships. And that is called schema in a way, pattern that you're repeating. So the idea, the goal of the schema is that to help the patient to understand it, 
to feel it emotionally, to break the cycle and see the difference in their behavior and their life. And so I help patients, my clients, to break those dysfunctional or toxic cycles in their relationship, to identify what it is and then to break it. And of course, in the end, replace it with healthy patterns. Okay, so so the integrative approach. So there was a, the schema model has recognized the limits of CBT, cognitive behavioral mm-hmm. therapy, which I do know, like it's, I remember about 10 years ago, there are times where it's like, you know, it seemed like there was just an appeal to CBT because it's like, yes, just like help me figure out how I can, have better habits, you know, or, and I think a lot of people are just like, they want like the, the tips and the tricks and the tools. Mm-hmm. And then they think that they're going to just be improved by moving forward in a virtuous path, such as Aristotle taught us or something. And, mm-hmm. and it's a, it's an ego defense of not of avoiding that painful emotional uh, work, as you're saying, um, what, so, so when your clients are coming to you, you say you're a relationship coach. So I, I guess we're all in relationship, but who are, who are your clients? What kind of pain points are they experiencing when they come to you? So in that sense, like people come with different problems. Right. And, uh, but in the end, what happens is that we are, we are in a way humans are, uh, patterns, uh, animals what i mean by that is that we identify we we develop the pattern if it's something also we create like and people repeat it usually we develop that in our childhood and we repeat that in all different aspects of our lives and different relationships so for example if i had the cold parents and the way that i coped with it i clinched to them i was always like trying to be around them because i was so anxious to not to see them and uh, and then the clinging or like suffocating them in a way to get the love and attention that I needed and I didn't get it in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. And so I developed that coping mechanism. And then what I do is that when I grow up, I repeat that with my friends. I repeat that with my partner. I repeat that with my kids. I repeat that with my parents. So we repeat those patterns in all our relationships. And so in that sense, if you heal a person, if you, they understand what they're repeating, what the patterns are, usually like first it starts like in their relationship with their husband starts fixed, being fixed. Or after that with their mother, with their dad, with their children, their friends. So in that sense, like it can start from different part of their problem, like life, like relationship or like other parts of their life. But in the end, once one place is fixed or healed, you see the uh, downstream effect or like the positive effect in other aspects of their lives. Yeah. You know, it is so rewarding to see someone like find like the thread behind it all and to like just move through the pain and find some of that healing. And then it does just change from like the inside out. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh, it, it is, uh, it's, and it's exciting to feel within oneself as well. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like you did do some of that work yourself. Uh, so you got this PhD in economics and here you mm-hmm. are a relationship coach. Do you, do you still use your, your 
are you still in the field of economics or have you completely shifted vocational course? Yeah, I got, actually I was an uh, engineer and like okay. I got my bachelor in industrial engineering and then switched to economics. Mm. And my thesis dissertation was something in uh, health, uh, environment and education, child development. And I started remotely like reading some research in uh, child development from psychology, but it wasn't from psychology perspective. It was more of child development from an econ uh, view. And uh, then I got a job in the health economics. So uh, I, I work with a consulting company that we do uh, health consulting, usually for, for the government and Department of Health. And I still do work that. And I basically have, in a way, two jobs. And okay. I work there as a health econ, econ economist. And, and then I switched to this um, through that transformation I just mentioned that I started like five, six years ago. Mm -hmm. And first I started reading, I used to read like psychology books, but it was for, more like for fun or like whatever books that I, would, I could like and I find it interesting. Right. And but then after that, I started, I wanted to read more that when the thing that I was dealing with through those sessions, I wanted to learn more about that and started learning and reading. And then I, through that process, I realized that this is, this is what I love. This is what I want to learn more of. This is, um, I never kept any other book, textbook in my home, in my uh, uh, bookshelf. But after I started buying these psychology books, I kept every one of those books. I didn't want to throw them away. And <laughs> that was very different. Like kind of before, like I, I got my PhD, but I always was wondering like, why I got my PhD, but I never kept any books that I studied in the school. Mm. Like that's a strange, right? And then after I realized, after I this started reading in psychology, human development and things like that is that, okay, maybe that was the passion. That was the interest that I had. And I wasn't passionate about my previous, uh, in a way, studies. I, I, I loved it when I was reading it, in a way, but it wasn't something I was passionate about. Right. And But then when I started learning about psychology, that was something that I realized that, okay, this is something that is my passion. I experienced it personally myself, how valuable it is that to change one person's life and i wanted to share that in a way i wanted to share that with anyone who wants to understand and discover themselves to be their authentic self and also of course having fulfilling relationship with their family with their parents yes. with their loved ones sometimes we say that some one of the best things you can do for your family is to work on yourself right absolutely you know, it's not selfish. It's it's mm -hmm. something that you can give. Yes. Uh, thank you. Yeah. I'm, uh, thank you for having me. And uh, I enjoyed the conversation. Yes. Thanks. You know, that you are on, you are, it sounds like you are on the path, man. And you are still, as you said, just very in, in all this humility, you are still doing the work. And that is what we are all about is just, staying alert, staying in that learner's mindset uh, as mm -hmm. we continue to uncover and discover who we are. And mm -hmm. thank you for what you do to help in the healing and development of, of others 
And you, you know, I can really tell that you have a sincere heart and you have found your passion. So we celebrate you. We celebrate that. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. You're right. Yeah. Like kind of the, um, the, the stars, like kind of once you understand you, uh, like you acknowledge the problem and then you try to, you try to solve that. Like I'm thinking back with about your, your what you said about gift to your family is that, um, once you understand, once you try to understand your problem or the, your role in a way you're light in your life, and you discover and you change those things, you see that how you become a different person. You approach the same family in a different, completely different way that is more loving in a way that more authentic, more in a way mature. And, uh, and you see that, that change in yourself and, um, and you want to, and if somebody says that going back to your, your like always learning mind is that if somebody says that, yeah, I figured it out. It, apparently the person doesn't know what understanding and learning or like kind of discovering yourself mean uh, right. because like the more you in a way that kind of the psychologists have this uh, 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 the example of that understanding the person is like peeling off the layers of an onion mm-hmm. and this layers is never ending layers and the more you discover in the beginning it's like very like low hanging fruit that's much easier in a way but when you deeper you dug you dig deeper it becomes more and more difficult it becomes more and more complex to understand and discover yourself and finding those like little pieces of yourself that you never knew that you had and uh understanding discovering and changing into improving and for all its complexity for coaches like us we enjoy trying to help someone who's motivated find those areas and those pain points to be able to grow well yeah well thanks for being on the big cell show thank you so thanks again for being on sajad and we wish you the best thank you thank you for having me i appreciate it have a good day We are all about big ideas and how to integrate them to live a more sustainable life, to open up your learning, level up your self-awareness and consciousness, and move from surviving to thriving to flourishing. And I think what Sajjad Fahidi is revealing to us is just how important it is to integrate the complete dimensions of yourself through emotional, somatic, and cognitive work. It does take some initial motivation to humbly submit yourself to becoming aware of your patterns and pain points, but sometimes that's actually the easy part. It becomes even more challenging as we dig deeper into our complexities. But that is where so much of the authentic transformation occurs. And when we change ourselves, look out world. We change our relationships and the people around us too. If you'd like to find out more about what we've got going on at BigSelfSchool.com, 
check us out. We offer one-to-one coaching as well as trainings and workshops for organizations, big and small. We've got customizable approaches and we are constantly developing new curriculum, new programs. So we're excited to share those with you. Join us.